Any resolutions for the new year? Because I could, I have some notes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I want to hear your roast. I know that you've been working on your roast kind of material all. Oh, of my notes are for me. My notes are entirely oh, okay. self self imposed. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. I thought it was gonna be like fresh. You cannot keep huffing egg steam. You no, freak. that's because he's a big. He's so much more than that now. Isn't I he? really am. I've he got really so much is. more going on inside of me. My a lot of people. I don't do the New Year's resolution. You know what I do? I start. Yeah. I start achieving absolute excellence around December fifteenth, and oh. I have a two week run up where everybody else is like, "I'll let it slide," you know. But I yeah. have already started achieving excellence as of December fifteenth. Yes. Which honestly, tortoise in the hair. Now, yeah. So like Jan one, everyone's like, "All right, I got my energy from the turn of the year." You know, mm-hmm. time to start striving. And I'm like, I've already got all the excellence. Like, I've been here for two weeks. I scarfed yeah. up all the excellence. And I still get the New Year's bump. You know, I still get that propelled. So I'm I'm light years ahead of the competition by, by you know, mid-January. Fresh, do you have any change that you're going to make? No, everything's great. <laughs> Literally, I can't even think of a single thing I could change. Awesome. Everything's fucking great. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the year. My name is Griffin McElroy, and Marine, let's finish the fight. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best video game of 2023. My name is Fresh Frustic. Oh, my God. Did you I just fucking, call yourself Fresh Frustic? I fucking blew it on That's the new, uh, goal line. Nickname. Fresh Frustic. I was running to the end zone, and I, I just fumbled the ball Stick, to no stickly. one. Russ Frostick, best game of the year. We did it. We not did it. We not did it. <laughs> we will do it, but we haven't did it yet. My this name is, is Russ Frostick, and I know the best game of the week. <laughs> Thank you, Russ. Okay, that was Thank good. you, Russ. That was good. That's much better. How many this years our... have we been doing this? Too, too many. Yeah, Hi, Chris Plant, this is our game of the year uh, part two, our game of the year extravaganza. What on earth does that mean, though? That means we finish the fight. We are mm-hmm. going to pick the besties bestie of 2023 right now. That's what you're about to listen to. We have four exciting showdowns coming up spanning eight different games. In the first half of the episode, we're going to narrow uh, all of those showdowns down to the individual winners, which will leave us with four prime picks in the back half of the episode. We will organize those four into our top four. Top threes? Old-fashioned. Top fours, that's the way we do it. Because how many people are on the show? Four. The perfect Four. Number. Sorry, I thought that was a quiz kind of deal. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> Give Justin points. Give Justin points. One, one point. One point. This episode of The Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Uh, do we want to set up uh, how things are going to run today, or do we want to just, just hop did. into it? No, I mean, more specifically, I guess, uh, what our matchups are going to be. Or should we just leap into the aforementioned matchups and start? Yeah, I think we can start. I think let's recap the matchups and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. So the matchups that we have coming up are the two sides of the horror shooter starring Alan Wake 2 in Resident Evil 4 remake. We also have got word games. Uh, That's Baldur's Gate 3 in uh, Connections. I'm not going to get any notes about that one. Uh, after that one, we've got Sea Shanties, which is Dredge and Sea of Stars. And uh, then last up, we've got Pretty Boys versus Automata. Uh, and that, that is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom versus Eliza P. Yes, there you go. Now, that's a good one. That's a, yeah. that, I like that. I think they're yeah, all I good. I think you did a very good job. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Thank you. My yeah, I heart don't know goes what out else to you, match. Baldur's Gate. Yeah, it's like uh, all va- they've got vowels. They've got vowels <laughs> in them. <laughs> I mean, you know what? We could we could start with that one because I think Baldur's Gate three, whatever it was going to go up against, was probably going to make it to the end. In connections, whatever it went up against, was probably going to lose out. So I thought, let's just pair them together. Let's be honest yeah. with each other about their futures. Okay, so I'm going to go connections, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. But just in the context of this discussion, because sure. Connections needs a champion, and I am that that champion. Uh, what if I also go with Connections just to really tank the whole podcast? Like to really? Oh, tank the whole okay. Show? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we already killed Mario for a puppet, so mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, connections is a wonderful game, but as people on Besties Fan have noted for us, it is uh, borrowing heavily from Only Connect, uh, a British game show that you can watch on BBC. This is kind of common for the New York Times game section. The difference I will say for them is, yes, they do uh, things that already exist, like crosswords and all sorts of other uh, puzzles, but they do them very, 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 very well. And I think that is the difference between Connection and so many other variants that you can play, whether it is like literally watching this TV show or playing board game versions of it. That said, does a very well done puzzle game compete with one of the most impressive RPGs I think that any of us have ever played? No, 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 it does no. not. No, it doesn't. I, I also think there's, you know, we talked about this in the last episode. Some days are just like fuck you days on connections. Like they are just being obnoxious, and it, 
makes me angry. I mean, that's I every puzzle thing. Though, but that right? is every like, crossword. You're yeah, right. Every crossword has, has to have a few gurners. Yeah, that is true. I, I think it's a very fun game. I've I've enjoyed playing it since I uh, found it and, and started playing it. I wasn't aware of the uh, the origins of it. That's interesting. Not surprising. Um, but yeah, I, I think that more or less uh, settles the situation there. Yeah. Excellent. Moving on. So Baldur's Gate, we will see you in the final four. Next up, we hit the high seas and get some salt water in our noses with Sea Shanties, two delightful indie games, Dredge and Sea of Stars. Uh, Justin, I, I want to throw to you for this because I know that you are the Sea of Stars mega fan on the show. Uh-huh. So go oh, sorry. I thought you had a question. Sorry, and so oh, it was no, like a panel, I, I, I would like to panel discussion. Kind of, you know, I had my Q and A f- face on. Take uh, these two toys and bash them together. How much more? How much more Sea of Stars did you all uh, uh, play for for this? Nope. For this little no, no, no more roads to conquer. Check in around. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I will say that uh, Dredge is uh, uh, a a very original game. I don't think I've played anything else quite like it. Uh, I, some of the things I love about Dredge are that it has a very cogent, uh, open world that is smaller than a lot of open worlds, but that lets it feel, uh, richer and all completely loaded with meaning. The entire world feels, uh, so immersive and like you're of, of a place. And that's true of all like the storytelling. It's all very well, uh, something of that sort of like Gothic, uh, Lovecraftian sort of vibe. Um, and it, mechanically it's not really like much else. I mean, it's, it's got some connections to games like, you know, ridiculous fishing, if you like, or some other stuff, but, um, it, it is a, a very solitary, very cool game. Sea of stars is, uh, I, I do want to say there, I think there's a, there's a differentiator here that I think is most interesting about these two games uh-huh. is dredge the, Dredge is a character-driven story, but the character is the world. Mm. So the environments that you're going through, obviously the people you meet, but you don't remember anyone's name. It's more just like the world at large, whereas Sea of Stars is a much more traditional character-driven story where you have these literally characters and you get emotionally involved in their comings and goings. Is that I mean, I think that it's that in that... I would say it's not a character dri- like I mean Dredge is not a character driven story it is a like a immersive like narrative like it's an environmental narrative maybe is a better way of putting it I don't know but yeah you're absolutely right like Sea of Stars is, is a lot more traditional um and you know if if you have played a a JRPG especially some of those uh classics from the SNES era you understand a lot of what you're getting it is mechanically a lot more evolved than mm-hmm. than some of those uh, with the layers of like damage types and stuff like that, um, but uh, other than that, it's it's a very well executed version of this, but is not necessarily reinventing the the wheel. Uh, and that is it is a fantastic story, a moving story, and I thought mechanically it just kind of kept getting better, um, which is I found a lot of JRPGs I end up sort of stalling out on combat and just sort of trying to blow through it as quick as possible, and I never really felt that with Sea of Stars. I feel like with these sorts of games, um, it reminds me of when I tried to play Earthbound Mm. off of Chris Plant's recommendation. Chris Plant loves Earthbound. And there's a moment where you kind of bridge the gap of like you're getting introduced to this world, 
But at some point, a switch flips, and you're like very, very invested in these characters. Mm-hmm. And I obviously didn't get to that point. I did a little bit with Sea of Stars, but not to the point where I was like so motivated to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the real challenge, especially since like obviously not all of us finished the game. The real challenge to like make that connection. And that's not necessarily a knock of the game. It's just like I think these games take longer to develop uh, for you to uh, attach to them. Whereas Dredge, I think, shows its hand very quickly. Counter counterpoint, though, I had the opposite experience where I I really bounced off a of Dredge, and 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 that one just never really clicked for me. Um, no matter sort of how much time I I put into it, and and Sea of Stars kind of did. I was cool on Sea of Stars when I first started playing it because I I think it is a uh, a, a pretty slow starter. Oh yeah, um, no argument. But I, again, I think that that point is not uh universal i think it is purely a matter of taste yeah um and i think that sea of stars i don't know so many different indie developers have tried to do this tried to make the ode to the classic jrpg um and i think it is uh very honorable that uh sea of stars attempts to do it to chrono trigger possibly the best jrpg ever made and and does a pretty fucking good job of it um so I, I, I don't know. I, for me, it is Sea of Stars, but that is because I didn't really like Dredge all that much. I, I've thought about this this week, about which way we'd go, because I, I don't have an extreme love for either of these games, but I think they're both quite good at what they're doing. And I, I, think, I think we go forward with Sea of Stars here. In terms of like what is a besties show pick, Um. Mm-hmm. D- Dredge, I, I think, uh, Frosty, you especially, I think, liked it the most of all of us. But it's it's really rare for a game to come along and have the, uh, for me, like the 13 Sentinels, near Automata effect, where it's like, this game just takes over one of us. And it, we go from maybe uh, indifferent to curious to, like, absolutely in love. And watching that happen over the course of the episodes that you kept bringing it, Justin, was one of my favorite things of the show this year. Like, yeah, I agree. It, 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 it's such like a special thing, and and like I did not get that this year. Straight up, I, I there is well, this is one of the most impressive years I can remember doing this the show. I did not have a game that like really hit me in, in an emotional way this year, and I'm so glad that you did. And that's why I would want to, you know, like as this, as a kind of collective exercise, I, I would want to put it forward. I love it. That sounds great. I think we're all, as long as it's good by Russ, I think that's, that's cool with me. Right. <laughs> I am a generous uh, benefactor. I will say, Dredge is fucking good, man. It is exactly good at what it does. And I could definitely see, by the way, a follow up to Dredge that where the scale increases and it's like, uh, very formidable, but I don't well, know. they already released paid DLC. I haven't played it yet. Yeah. It's on my list. Dredge Adventures. Oh well, and they're also doing that. So yeah, I do think they have uh, probably long term plans for this, okay. whether it's a sequel or just adding on to the existing game, which is really cool. Congratulations, Sea of Stars. Congrats. Uh, okay, next up we have. How about we do horror? Does that sound good? You want to do Sounds some, good. Yeah, some yeah, yeah. spooky, scary? Spooky and we're going scary. to throw to the two sides of the horror shooter, Alan Wake 2 versus Resident Evil 4 Remake. And talk about two games that pair 
Mm, this is some salary and peanut butter we've got going here. So I'm going to throw to you, Fresh, to take it away. Wait, can I ask one classification question to plant just because I think it's interesting? I see you've gone you've gone with horror shooter here instead of what I think of as the the you know the survival horror genre that Resident Evil is traditionally classified in. Do you feel like these specifically are are, are you drawing a de, sort of a divining line using that terminology? Do you, do you consider this less like a horror type game? Oh, especially absolutely. With Resident Evil? Yeah, I think it was partly a subconscious thing, but yeah, I think Resident Evil Four for me is when it. it one just gets more actiony right. than the early Resident Evils, but also I just think that there has been a shifting of the goalpost for the horror genre since mm-hmm. Resident Evil came out. And mm-hmm. now, when I think of survival horror, I think of survival games <laughs> that blend horror, or mm-hmm. I think of really, really intense horror experiences. Hmm. And and I would not call Resident Evil for either of those things. That's not a knock against it. It's mm-hmm. still a great horror game, but it is much more interested in combat and action and adventure uh, than it is in those other things. Cool. Which I think is is a good way to look at the differences between these games because I think yeah. Alan, uh, I think Resident Evil 4, mechanically and in terms of gameplay, like the minute to minute, is like fantastic it's like feels amazing it is satisfying combat it's really like tight and well honed um it doesn't feel like that was the main number one priority for alan wake 2 i think the combat is fine in alan wake 2 it's not great it's fine but obviously their focus was on narrative and they went very very hard in the paint on the narrative side uh making something that is like pretty truly uh, remarkable and un- unlike anything else I've played. So that makes this kind of an interesting matchup. Yeah, this this happens, I feel like, every year. There is at least one time where we are pitting t- a, a, a game that is really, really well-made and really, really enjoyable, uh, but not the most sort of groundbreaking versus a game that is, like, way more ambitious, but you know has the occasional stumble in mm-hmm. in the uh, ambition it is trying to achieve uh which is alan wake 2 in my book um yeah i i i man yeah i don't know man i really i played the shit out of resident evil 4 it feels disingenuous for me to uh go for alan wake 2 a game that i could not stomach enough to finish um i'm i'm i loved what i I loved a lot of what I played of Alan Wake 2, and I think the story is so cool, and I like love that Remedy is out here making all of this wild shit. I love that anybody is out there making wild shit on this scale. Um, but I think I think Resident Evil 4 is... Uh, th- th- this remake is the best Resident Evil has been, uh, and, and that is hard to kind of walk away from. I guess... I didn't do what Griffin did. I had done that with previous Resident Evil games, but not this one where where there's like tons of replays and unlocking everything and stuff like that. I guess for me, and we've kind of talked about this as a delineator, is like Alan Wake 2, it's going to be 10 years from now. I'll still remember parts of Alan Wake 2, whether it's the musical musical sequence or the like uh, lakeside summoning sequence or just like so much in that that I feel like stands out. Um. I don't know that I will really vividly remember Resident Evil 4 remake, even though I loved playing it. Like, but let me ask great. you let me ask you this. Do you think 
10 years from now, if you had to replay one of these games, mm. you would you would reach for Alan Wake 2. I would no, I wouldn't. I'd probably reach for Resident Evil 4, but that's only because I am not super motivated to replay narrative games because I think they kind of like show their hand once. Yeah. Right. And yeah. once you have that experience, you kind of can't have it again. I know other people replay narrative stuff all the time, but for me, it's just not something I do. So Maybe I don't that's an unfair, th- unfair question to pit to you, but it, it is, I, I, I definitely, I know I will replay Resident Evil 4 remake because I've replayed Resident Evil 4 in different iterations. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot. I think it's, I think it's a absolute classic uh, in every yeah. sense of the word. I think that's like a tricky path to go down though, because you, in the same way you could be like, okay, cookie clicker or any of these which one are you more likely to play i'm like i don't know probably cookie clicker hell yeah man i think i think your ability to return to a game is not necessarily like a statement of its quality Uh, especially a game like alan wake 2 that is like pretty intentionally frustrating and challenging at times that's fair i uh, uh yeah it's this is tough because i feel like alan wake 2 did did so many things that like as somebody who loves the blend of like narrative and 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 game and like where those overlap and like cinema and where games and cinema overlap they're just doing so many like smart cr- ways of like moving things forward um that i think that you're going to see a lot of like narrative developers uh ape from in the in the following years and i um, do think that like people for a while were just like giving david cage a pass for just trying even though like his writing yes whoever was writing it was pretty weak whereas here i think it is doing narrative very interesting narrative things successfully granted the gameplay is a little weaker than that but i think it is to justin's point like really pushing the needle ahead of what is possible within a video game narratively speaking that I would love to see more. Can I ask a question that is, I, I think relevant, but how relevant is kind of what I want to talk about. Um, uh, Resident Evil four was already regarded as like a high watermark of like the franchise. And for sure. a lot of people like gaming at that period, um, is there, is there, I, I mean, not to detract from Resident Evil four, but is there something to be said for like, do you dock it for the fact that it's already like building on one of like the all time greats? Sure. I think it's like 80%. My, my uh, Griffin might disagree with this, but I think Resident Evil 4 is like 80% of the remake was in four in the original. Sure. Like that's uh, not a mathematical assessment, but I just mean like the core gameplay, obviously they tweaked, but they didn't tweak it more than like 20% in my opinion. I think that's, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not comfortable putting a number to it, but I think that it is very clearly <laughs> Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Uh, and and the stuff that was fucking great about Resident Evil 4 is even better here, but it's, it, there's not maybe a ton of new great stuff. Um, I, and I think that that sort of comparison is particularly stark because of the game that it is standing up against, which right. is tr- truly um, cannot be imitated. Um, man, yeah, uh, yeah, man. Woo, man. I it didn't finish like Resident Evil 4, for whatever that's worth. <clears throat> I got it. Uh, I, 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 And that's only because I played and the other stuff came out. And there's yeah. nothing against it. I enjoyed my time with it. But it, it not to an extent where I was like, I got to see how the rest of this goes. Sure. Um, can I make a suggestion? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
as much as I appreciate um, the the uh, gracefully letting the excellent game Sea of Stars have a symbolic win in its category, what if uh, we moved uh, Resident Evil Four Remake and Alan Wake Two into our like final four? Uh, because I feel like that's probably going to end up being more representative of of how we feel. I t- I like that idea. I love the idea of breaking our own rule that we established thirty minutes ago. Yes, uh, it's very very <laughs> peak message. I would suggest we maybe do the next round first before we decide oh. whether or not we okay. shift things around. Because there's a couple of there's a couple of oh. boys up in the next okay. mix, and I want to make sure that we consider okay. them with Let's the same level it. of grace. That's, that's true. Okay, that's fair. Okay, but that's I think Alan up. Wake Two. We we step up Alan Wake Two. Okay, I, th- I agree. I think it moves up regardless. Um, next up, we have Pretty Boys versus uh, Automata, and that is The Legend of Zelda: Tears <laughs> a, of the a Kingdom. A category created by Chris Plant that somehow stunningly does not include near. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, this is Automata, not Automata. Right, yeah, you know. it's different. It, it, it's <laughs> the way you said it. I, if I wait, wait, wait. If you look at here, it's it's automata, not automata or monomena. Are you looking at the document? Ready? Yeah. yeah. Pretty boys versus uh, automata, and then uh, automata. You see? It's you see different. the difference? Oh, he just put a capital A on automata. Yeah, and um, now we have pretty boys versus uh, automata versus monomena. <laughs> versus automaton. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the Legend of Zelda Tears of the King versus Lies of P. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, and look, listen. <laughs> Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? What do you want me to do? I, I want you to I stand want you up to, for, your, for, for our friend Pinocchio. Uh, no, I'm not going to stand up for our friend Pinocchio. I, I, I think Lies of P whips ass. I don't think it, there is a snowball's chance in hell that any of us would put it above Tears of the Kingdom, unless I have did, dramatically misread no. the room. No, man. There's did no anyone way. play more Liza P, by the way, in between it uh, advancing forward? I, I did I, not, which is maybe telling. I mean, that's I don't think it would have changed this matchup I did. It's exactly the same as when I left it. It still is really cool, but I, it's too frustrating for me to like continue to put the time in. But it's like it's really neat. It's such a weird idea. It's such a weird game. I don't know why they did it, but it's like a wild concept that when you describe it sounds stupid, but then you describe it excitedly sounds rad. Yeah. It all depends on your tone. Have I openly talked about how this game ends? No, I'm not sure no. I want you to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm not going to give specifics, but uh, let me just say it's they sad. set up a sequel for a uh, fair Something use amazing. IP. That has the potential to be like even better than this. I'll Lies I'll of... include a link to it in besties.fan and I'll just label the link the Liza P spoiler ending. So you can click like, it yeah. if you want and you can go right to it. It is it's wonderful. Like... And 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 ironically, you could watch this and it wouldn't spoil Liza P at all. That's um, true. It, it's an entirely different thing. Yeah, I have um, actually seen some cutscenes from late in the game that like pop up on TikTok or whatever, like wild boss intro from Liza P and I'm like what the fuck is where the fuck are they why is this man full of goo what is this what <laughs> happened to this I played it I thought a pretty good chunk of this game but it looks like a different game do y'all um, think that like this will be a game we get every two years or like every five years 
I think they probably were not expecting the wild success, or at least the critical, I don't know how well it sold, but certainly the critical support for this game because they, it launched on Game Pass. So they like kind of wanted to like launch a new IP. I think they realize how much demand there is and we're gonna we're probably three or four years away from a sequel. Yeah. But there will be DLC. They've already said that. Here's what I'm going to suggest. Okay. We still have not talked about Tears of the Kingdom. but And I think that is because the four of us understand that in the final deliberation, we are going to be talking about at least a couple of these games a whole fucking lot. So yeah. I'm okay with continuing to sort of put that off uh, because, you know, that confrontation is about to happen. Sure. For me, the question is, we got Baldur's Gate 3. We got Alan Wake 2. We got Tears of the Kingdom. We have Sea of Stars as the other winner, but do we like Sea of Stars better than Resident Evil 4 Remake and Lies of P? I don't, for me, it's, I don't think, I, I, I love Sea of Stars. I don't think I like it better than, uh, than one of those games, at least. Yeah. We, yeah, I would, we... I would move forward Remake. I think I would move forward Remake also. I think I like Remake better than, than, than Lies of P. Um, tragically, I wish my heart felt differently because I think it'd be more fun. Maybe we put Lies of P in fifth place. Um, <laughs> I, I would put it in fifth place. I, I think Lies of P, the sequel, whatever it's going to end up being, will be genuinely a very, very top tier game of the year contender when it comes out. Because yeah. so much of this game feels to me like they spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, but because they had to design a game not from scratch, because obviously they were using the Souls baseline, right? But had to design a lot of new stuff. It feels like a sequel will refine this in really, really amazing, cool ways that will yes. put it up against uh, genuine game. Now, hold on, wait. I've just realized our terrible mistake here, because we're basically, if we're considering the rest of these games now, the four winners, we're basically going to be pitting Alan Wake Two and Resident Evil Four Remake up against each other again. No, no, and no. I don't know. If that's I mean, we are. No, it's not against each it's, other. It's, it's not head to head. It's okay. a group it's an exercise, right? We're gonna we're gonna talk about all of these games after our break, and we're gonna put them in a one through four, and it's gonna be beautiful. And and here's the great thing: whatever order they're in, these are still four abs fucking lootly fantastic games that right. any other year would have been a number one for us. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Some years have really good games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some right. really <laughs> good games. I don't want to just blind, just a uh, just blanket statement. Some yeah. years Some they years. would win. You right. know? Okay, I think we have the four figured out. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and Legends of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We will order them after the break. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is 
incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, we are it back. It occurs to me, I said that we should put um, Liza P in fifth place. We should probably give that to Sea of Stars just because it did technically win its round. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. But we are not, there's no fifth place. I really can't <laughs> emphasize this enough. Whoever said that was a, uh, having a bit of fun at my expense, there's no fifth place. <laughs> uh, all right. I feel like that's... the first two are very easy, considering we just kind of did them. Yeah. You mean like wait, one, wait, number wait. one and number Let's two? Let's start no, at the I'm bottom sorry. and go up. Yes. No, I'm sorry. The last two. Number four the and last number three two. are pretty. Okay. Yeah. Pretty so we, we know that a Resident Evil 4 remake and Alan Wake 2 will be three and four. Fair. We don't know the order of them, but they'll be they'll be the bottom two. That's Considering Alan Wake 2 defeated Resident Evil 4 remake, triumphantly held Resident Evil 4 remake skull in the air. <laughs> to to, to uh, sure. present it to the king. I do think it would be wild if Resident Evil 4 Remake <laughs> had a surprise underdog victory uh, here in here in the final four. So and also it's it's Resident Evil 4. Like it just kind of makes sense. Like new sure oh, yeah, sure. Well, I mean by that logic, <laughs> Baldur's Gate three is is actually third place. Element let's two, go second. fucking. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> get, get, let's let's do it and get some lunch, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> let's do it and have a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the final the final sin of besties. We actually had to shut it down. No, I swear to God. They just put them by the numbers in the title. Yeah, I know Tears of a Kingdom is technically a sequel. Yeah, they, they gave first place to Army of One. 
which came out on Xbox 360 like fucking 17 years ago. My um, Spotify rap said I dedicated hundreds of hours to this show and they couldn't be bothered to give me 10 minutes. Uh, someone has inserted a O-N-E at the end of Kingdom. I'm sorry. A kingdom. That won't fly. Um, Is there anybody that would uh, that would make a case for Alan Wake 2 above Baldur's Gate 3 or Tears of the Kingdom? No. 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 Okay. Good. Yeah, I was going to say it would have been fresh. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's not going to be me. I, it's, it may be my personal number one, but mainly from like a sort of uh, political standpoint where I want to see gaming in my image. Like I want to see the kinds of games I want. <laughs> I don't want my specific needs uh, and whims to be catered to. I mean, when was the last time a like triple A major release like this leaned into FMV in the way that Alan Wake 2 leaned yeah, into? Yeah, sure. I true. mean, I couldn't even. Right into the heart of Justin. So Resident Evil 4 remake, fourth place. Yes. Finish. Okay. Alan Wake 2, third place finish. Yes. Great. How 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 does I have not really been dialed in to the game of the year deliberations of our contemporaries. I have to imagine sure. a lot of different outlets have had the conversation we are about to have. Uh and I don't know the best way to even hop into uh pitting these two fucking titans against one another. I mean, I these are both games uh, so with uh, Zelda, I played 150 hours, loved every minute of it. Total fucking delight. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, I have not finished. I'm at like 130 hours. I'm in oh the gosh. like last throes of Act 3. Who has finished Who has finished Baldur's Gate 3? Am I the only one? You might be the only one. Yeah. Oh, fuck, guys. Okay. But, uh, but come on. Like, is it's there... so much. Are it they is... going to like come out as anti-vax in the last... <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, okay. Here's here's oh, no 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 no. As much as I'd love to plow through, I need to settle on the uh, image of Asterian like, oh, the only sharp thing I'll let people poke me with is fangs. Um <laughs> of all of them, I think Lazel would probably be the anti-vaxxer. Just because just from a sort of Oh, like, 100%. Standpoint, yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. She may like, say that actually in She the might say, yeah. If she um, would think you'd get injected by a cake. The thing that the thing that sucks is that if you want a romancer, you have to go along with it. So you have there's like a button. There's an L four. I don't know if you found out every controller, and it's it's the button that in every game makes you sort of like nod while looking away, like you have plausible deniability. Yeah, L the L four. The L stands for libertarian four. I here's honest to God. This is why this is a this is a concern of mine, my fellas is my distinction between these two games and which one I think should get it is is uh determined by the by the ending. Um Frick. whoa. Dang it. Yeah. Uh because I I think that do do we want to talk about these games before we try to I was to gonna say yeah before we do that yeah, I, I think we, we haven't need really to. had a chance to talk about Zelda a whole lot. Um, you know okay this, this go so, around. Z- Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, obviously uh, built on the framework of Breath of the Wild, but introduced basically the idea of like physics and being able to like jam shit together and build a fucking auto firing tank that can roll through the streets of uh, Hyrule um, and managed to scale that up into a enormous, very uh, explorable, very satisfying open world game filled with puzzles that like aren't a pain in the ass, but are like really rewarding to figure out. Um, and 
just looking at it like a a like living puzzle box that I was constantly like finding every nook and cranny and having a satisfying reaction every time I found something. Um, it's spectacular. It's like an amazing, I love that game so much and really improved on every single aspect in Breath of the Wild. That's really, the wildest really part to me. Ways. I think it stands on its own as one of the best games I've ever played. But just the fact that it was able to take a lot of things from from Breath of the Wild, which is probably a game that I also would have said back in 2017 is one of my favorite games ever. No, it's still one of my favorite games ever. The fact that this game was able to improve on so much of that is uh, a, a, an achievement in game design uh, on a scale that is almost incomprehensible to me. Um, And I I think you could say the same thing about how Baldur's Gate three handles uh, narrative and, and story. Um, But I, I, I found myself constantly surprised and delighted by how much freedom I had to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do in Tears of the Kingdom and how it almost always like just kind of worked. That yeah. is what blows my mind about how comfortable we get with the new normal in video games and really just any entertainment. I remember when I first played Tears of the Kingdom thinking, I, I just can't believe this. I can't believe it's running on Switch. I can't believe the ambition of the physics. I can't believe just how rich the world is, that you have the sky area and the underground area. The The scale was incredible. And eventually I got to a point, I don't know, a month or two after it, where I was like, okay, yeah, this is just, this is now what I expect from this game. Um, and then I put it away. And just this past week, I was like, I really should go back and play more of this game before we do the vote. And loading it up fresh after a few months apart from it, it, it was it happened all over again, where I just was completely stunned by by the the scale. I mean, the enormity of this game is other otherworldly. Um, the only thing that I can kind of compare it to is Elden Ring, but again, it, it, it's doing something so different with how it allows you to engage with the world and bring your creativity into this space that I I'm just like flabbergasted by and that's like a whole different genre like it's it's not like they grafted a bunch of other action rpg adventure stuff on top of it it's like they grafted a lego mindstorms kit like onto (laughs) (laughs) onto this video game and and but it all like it all makes sense and it all addresses like so many like the the i i did not have as much of a i, I maybe i should go back and re-listen to the episodes when this game first came out cuz maybe this is revisionist history i felt like the fuse mechanic like made weapon degradation not as big of a pain in the ass because you can just for you sure. know if, if a weapon breaks it's like okay well now i'm going to make a tony hawk skateboard uh, blade or whatever <laughs> uh, that that shit rules I think it has the best story of any Zelda game by a pretty big margin uh, and the best I mean the last hour of this game <sighs> is one of my favorite like endings to 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 a game it's, ever it's I, so it's so good and it you know I was really really hesitant about this because I don't like building things. I don't like having to be creative in video games, and I know that may sound weird, but like I do that professionally. Like I don't really enjoy it, and this game is so relentless about making it like fun and accessible and not a pain in the butt that like I kept waiting for the moment where I'd be like, "Ugh, 
never mind. I'm just going to create some dumb shortcut and, and always do that. And I just didn't get there. It works so well at making it like feel good to do like the, the, the process fact that you can like things you take a plank and you just jam a sail on it. Yep. And it's a fucking boat instantly. And you're like riding around in the ocean on this dumbass boat that you made in two seconds. That is like unbelievable, unbelievable. And that's not even making anything complex with wheels and, and rockets yeah. and whatever the fuck else it has, you're jamming on it. The creation aspect has also made it a very fun game to like watch. Like there is yeah. a community and a type of content creation around this game that I have found myself incredibly compelled by even now like even still i will get like youtube recommendations of like look at this uh fucking beyblade <laughs> that somebody made that they are uh beating this boss with uh i i, I think is uh really wonderful yeah. frustrating i I, th- I think you did it right though and you avoided everything until you yes. had seen the ending and i really wish i well could have even done that i, I think because just the difference of our jobs that was it was unavoidable and that is what pushed me off the game at a certain point because i i to your point justin i i had this fomo of like wow why am i playing it this way when i could be building all these awesome things i'm never going to be this good and it created i don't know like an anxiety of playing it similar Mm. to what i had with animal crossing it's becoming kind of a trend with nintendo games and that was the other thing that was so wonderful this week about going back and playing it is i'm now away from that that my feeds are not showing me that stuff anymore and it was i was able to like recapture that sense of okay this game is just for me there's no wrong way of playing it i have no other pressure or ambition to do something too spectacular and yeah it's fresh all over again it's funny that you said that this is like becoming a thing with nintendo games because nintendo is not designing games with this mindset it's being put upon these games. Nintendo designed this game specifically, I can attest, to be able to not only beat it, but 100% it without looking anything up, without seeing any videos, without anything. Uh, Animal Crossing, same thing. You can find all this stuff. It just takes a while, and you have to be patient. Right. You have to, like... But but what Is you get out of it... You can, like, n- find all the stuff in any game if you work at it long enough. No, I don't think that's true. I, I think there are games that it is such a, it becomes such a chore and such a pain in the ass that it is not a fun experience to find every little nook and cranny and stuff like that. I don't think that's well, the Well, they case don't here. have the logic. They don't have the internal environmental logic of right. Zelda where it's just like, and yeah, I, it but makes I'll give sense. you an example. Yeah. Breath of the Wild is a perfect example of that. Finding every shrine in Breath of the Wild without a guide is a colossal pain in the ass because you don't know the three that you're missing. Right. But they wisely, in this game, introduced mechanics in the game that will guide you to the last few, let's say, caves or whatever you're talking about in really subtle, cool ways that makes it even more like I actually discovered this stuff on my own. It's just so smart. I, I also I want to give a shout out because we don't talk about music a whole lot in, in our discussions. This is, uh, this is one of the best game soundtracks in in history i have i and i would recommend doing this uh if you care at all about like game music uh theory stuff i've watched a a, a few like video essays on uh like the colgara boss fight theme uh, incorporates elements from other zelda games like the dragon roost island uh theme from wind waker uh the whole final catch 
uh, theme is uh, genuinely gets me choked up every time that I uh, every time that I hear it. Uh, I know. I, I also, friend of the show. Uh, Kirk Hamilton made yes. an episode of Strong Songs dedicated to the soundtrack of this game. Yes. So um, please yeah. listen to that. Yeah, this game rolls. I bet the ads on that YouTube video are all carburetors and uh, muscle cars, huh, Griffin? That's a lot of oh. muscle cars. It's a lot of... <laughs> Guns. Babe vitamins. <laughs> so I spent uh, a very long time talking about, just now, how great Tears of the Kingdom is. It is not my number one game of the year. Oh, oh, Wow. Congrats to Dredge. No. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> the only lie P told is that he wasn't the number one game. <laughs> Whoa, Russ, Russ, I can hear your P organ swelling. <laughs> uh, I, I think Baldur's Gate 3 is an accomplishment that is not even close to any game I've ever played. It is so impressive and fun and satisfying and emotionally moving and it is just like such a fucking feat that they pulled this off and pulled it off in such a spectacular way. Um, as I mentioned, I'm not, I haven't finished it. I know Griffin feels like the ending will be uh, impactful to that, but uh, 120 some odd hours in, uh, I am like constantly at every turn filled with moments that will stick with me filled with like really memorable choices that I was making 80 hours ago that have payoff and, and feel like fantastic when they come back around. Um, Baldur's Gate three is, is just like such a special game. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk more about it. It almost feels like both of these games. Uh, I'm, I like that they're paired together because yes. there was mo- there are moments in each of them where uh, sometimes you feel what well, we talk on, or I think about it a lot, like the, the hand of the creator, right? Where you're playing a game and you're, and you think like, Oh, they, they knew I'd be here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I, they know that I would be in this predicament. They know what I'm thinking. They know the, the, you know, that if I'm in the pit, I'm looking for the ladder, right? So the, yeah. the, you know, this game takes that almost beyond expectation where it goes beyond like, they know that I'm doing this where I, it, it feels like a magic. It feels like a kind of magical, the amount of different paths, different ways that things can shake out and, and the way that it always ends up, you know, at least sat- entertaining, if not like a hundred percent satisfying or heart wrenching or funny. And it's just like happening. I had that sense several times playing this game where it's like, how is this possible how did like how did people do this? And I felt the exact same way of playing Zelda. Felt the exact like how yeah. did you how did you do this? Like it doesn't make sense. Like and I've seen people who are a lot smarter than me having that same th- take. Like it doesn't seem possible, especially w- given the, so, some of the power constraints they're working with. Uh, the, the way that you're able to uh, rearrange the geometry of the world. Um, it's, it's, they're, they're both astounding games. I, I honestly don't, I mean, I honestly, y'all could, in a swing vote. I could go either way. Um, for real. I, I feel like I sort of set this up. So I will, uh, I will describe my feelings about these, about Baldur's Gate 3. I agree with everything that's been said. I think it is a narrative accomplishment that is, uh, tr- truly, truly unimaginable. The fact that it has so much writing in it. The fact that so much writing was done 
is wild. The fact that it is, uh, for the most part, all like really great is is another uh, just cherry on top of that. Um, I feel, and based on sort of uh, a public poll, I do not believe I'm alone in this assessment, that the that the ending of the game is it do, does not live up to the many many uh, successes that it has throughout the course of its storytelling. I think for me, it starts in Act Three, which I I think all of you at least made it to. Um, is that is that is kind of where I started to feel the funnel of the game, sort of trying to get me towards the the uh, finish line. Um, and there are a handful of finishes, finish lines that it can take you towards. But for, like considering an act one and act two, I felt like this is my world. I am determining everything that happens within it. And everybody that I talk to is doing different shit and has seen mm. shit that I haven't seen. And I've seen things they haven't seen. And I think that that, bo- that bottlenecks in a way that is uh, disappointing. Um, I think there are some technical issues that feed into that. For example, one of my like uh, uh, companions, uh, Shadowheart, that I rolled with for basically the whole game, uh, I was not able to finish her storyline because there was a character uh, who just kind of disappeared uh, at the end of Act Two and was integral to her storyline, and so. And I didn't realize this until I was halfway through Act Three, and so the thought of you know quick quick loading a game and and figuring out what had happened would have meant losing you know twenty hours of progress or something <laughs> like that, which was uh, a bummer. Um, and and then the ending just didn't just did not uh, tie up the the loose ends that I was hoping for it to tie up. I am struggling with this because I also know that like the game has to have an ending, right? Yeah. And it can't have 500 million endings. Like, the branches don't just go outward forever, right? (laughs) That's not how how storytelling works. That's not how game development works. That's not how anything works. Um, But it it felt... uh, And the other issue is that, you know, you spend 150 hours playing a game... If the ending is, it takes you know. If the ending is a, a an eight minute long cutscene, then like chances are that it's not going to necessarily hit every beat that you want it to hit. Uh, I just I just felt like it it was a, a a narrative shortcoming in a game without them in other places, and uh, that that really uh, it, it really kind of bummed me out, and it it, it sort of. S- uh, slightly took away from a lot of the magic that this game kind of cast cast over me in the okay. you know f- month of my life that I played it. So I, I, I a quick question: Are you aware that they've released? They've since released. I haven't played this, so I I don't know. But they've since released an epilogue that takes place after the end of the game. No, maybe. <laughs> when did it come out? Like a month or two ago. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't. I I finished the game before that uh, came out. That's not. Um, I'm not knocking you, but I, I think it is worth considering because I think you're right. I have heard a similar uh, sense from a lot of people that the end could have used some more, I guess, closure or even just like 
more of a it, sense that you had more of an impact. I don't. Again, I don't know yes, how the game that's, ends. That is the. It's not even a sense of impact. It is. And I'm not going to spoil anything because I would yeah. never do that for this game. But it, it when you finish it, it or when I finish it, I should say it sort of resolved the plot lines of some of not all of the characters that I've been mm-hmm. rolling with the whole time. And then it showed some sort of, you know, it showed some bigger cutscenes of like this, and this is the ending. And then it gave me a maybe two to three minute long scene uh, with uh, Shadowheart, who uh, who was my my romance interest in in the game. Sort and and that scene was not. Uh, it was it was a well. What do we do next? Like kind of kind of cliffhangery. Mm-hmm sort of thing that felt yeah. like well shit man like i spent <laughs> i spent a lot of time as this character in this world and the send off that my character got was v- very 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 little um, yeah and and that is not a quality of writing thing that is a just confusing like why did you why did you give me so much agency and and uh make me feel so much ownership over this this character and shape them with the thousands, the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands of choices that I made throughout my playthrough, and then really, really condense it all down into uh, a, a something that it does not have much, uh, you know, dramatic or emotional or narrative payoff uh, at all. It kind um, of sounds to me like what happened when Mass Effect Three came out. Yes, and everyone that's a was like, pretty, I've seen a lot uh, of yes. And again, I haven't played it, but there is an epilogue that's like fully interactive and like has like 10,000 new dialogue lines. It's like, so like, I, I do wonder yeah. whether that would change your mind. I, I'm I also what, sure that the character that dis- that full dead ass disappeared from my game yeah. probably doesn't do that anymore. Right. But like, it's probably it's, not. <laughs> it is. I, I will, I know I'll go back. I, I will go back and play this game again someday. Like it's too good not to, and there's too much stuff I didn't see. And I am genuinely. You could probably forward. play it today and see the epilogue. Quite honestly, I probably could do to. that. I, I, I. It has been several months since I played the game, so I don't know that it would have the kind of emotional resonance sure. that it would have if I had finished playing it. Um, uh, but to put the like ending bit aside, because I think most of the people listening probably haven't seen the ending either. If I had yes. to guess, I didn't have the experience that you're talking about specifically with Act Three regarding the like funneling thing, even though I realized like loose ends needed to be tied up i still felt at basically every turn of act three that my choices whether they were in act one or act two were given respect and acknowledged in like really cool narrative ways where characters were popping up in the middle of battles that i hadn't seen in forever and they're like don't you remember me i you're the one that uh, killed me earlier and now you're i'm back and i'm gonna help you out and like those sorts of moments, uh, I think are fully consistent with the ambition that they were trying to land, and um, consistent with like Larian's pedigree, which has always I, been really strong. But yeah. this one in particular, I think, uh, kind of lands that plane. I want to add that everything uh, nicely said about Tears of the Kingdom could almost one for one be said about Baldur's Gate too, in terms yes. of uh, creativity that it allows and affords the player, in terms of its scope. I. I in terms of that that moment where you're like, is this really happening? I remember when I was what like six or seven hours into the game and had not really gotten past the the crash that is the beginning of the game, and it hitting me of oh wow that 
this, what was kind of a demo, could have been the whole game, and I would have been pretty pleased with it. Act one could have just been the game, and I sure. would, it would probably still be something we're talking about um, here at this exact same tier. Um, which I, is, I is would also fantastic. add that, like, I agree that Zelda, uh, Tears of the Kingdom is one of the best, if not the best, Zelda story that's ever been told. I think it's extremely compelling, and I was really invested in it. I think Baldur's Gate 3 has about 10 of those. Well, here's... Just like okay, okay, of... but hold on. I want to push back on that, though. Okay. And say that might be true, but the ending of Tears of the Kingdom is the best is the best shit at like it's the best shit. It's, really it's good. extremely and good. So it's I don't I I, yeah. I understand that it doesn't have the kind of scope that 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 Baldur's Gate three has, can, but I also think that I, it, I will, it does a lot. Can I make a recommendation? And and, uh, and feel free to say no here. We've never been afraid of breaking rules. Oh and if God. there was ever a year No? I hate it. No way. No, I no hate way. it. No, okay. we've done this before. You were going to suggest sharing the title? I, no, I was going to say it should be Dredge. <laughs> <laughs> or no, Liza P. Isn't that the one that we're all gravitating towards? Yeah, um, if, if, if these two, if we can't figure out a winner here, I think we just, we go, you know, next next one up. Should we go, should we go, should we go around the horn? I mean, I, I know who's going to win. You know, and Fresh is going to be disappointed. Tears of the Kingdom is unquestionably going to get this vote. And it's, it's ridiculous. Of course. It's ridiculous that you would even say that I'm going to be disappointed because I honestly think yeah, both true. of these games are fucking fantastic. And the fact that like I feel like one of them edges one out is is moot. But like I guess we should uh, let's do a formal. Yeah, thing. let's hear the vote. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. For me. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3. All right, cool. So not as clear cut as we thought. Uh, here's here's my argument, and I really, I don't know, I don't know, uh, this is really hard, right? So this is all, I think mm-hmm. we're all a little bit in that sort of um, t- tiny little, like, semantic ways you can see yourself yeah. to thinking one is better than the other, uh, which, you know, is wild to begin with. But I would say that for me, here's the distinction. I think uh, I've already spoken about how much I love Tears of the Kingdom. I like it so much more than I thought I would. For me, Baldur's Gate 3 stands apart and will continue to as the best one of these. And it's not just, I mean, this is a genre that has a lot of different entries in it. And I think that someone came along and made not the best one in a way that feels like when you're looking at a um a, a newly erected skyscraper or something you're like god that's going to be there for a while like i feel that way about Baldur's Gate 3 like it is the i feel like it is the pinnacle of a very long held genre um and a, a long long running genre and i think that that is like a very, it's one of our oldest ones too right and i feel like Baldur's Gate 3 is is just perfects it i mean as close as you can Correct me if I'm I'm unpacking what you're getting at the wrong way, but it sounds like you're saying similar to what Breath of the Wild was to the next ten years of games, I guess five, whatever, seven. Baldur's Gate three is for video games too. And then that everybody's gonna be trying to borrow or crib from this and it is going to be at the center of video game kind of I actually I, I'm I'm actually I, saying the inverse plant. Oh, I'm actually really? saying that like I think Zelda is bringing, 
ideas that people will crib from a lot more so. I think Baldur's Gate is uh, it dares people to try. That is what yeah. I that is what I'm saying. It's like I mean, you think? Do you think that you could like go for? I mean, try it seriously. Like try it because it's. I don't see this as as being a feat that can be like trumped anytime soon. There is so much that a business person would look at Baldur's Gate three and say, "This is wasteful." Yes. Six percent of people are ever going to hear this. Uh, less than that, two percent of people are ever going to hear this voice line. Yeah, this storyline, this quest line, because you buried it in a corner of a map that most people would never ever see. What the fuck are you thinking? And Larian was like, "No, nah, we're going to do it anyway." And so much of that game that makes it so special and why it has those like constant moments is because you do feel whether you're being guided there or not, you do feel like you earned those discoveries. And I do not think that people will attempt what Baldur's Gate 3 is attempting because it's too fucking hard and too fucking expensive. I think Larian will continue to do it and crush it. But most people cannot do the scale of what they were pulling off, the quality of the writing that they pulled off. Like, this is video games. We do not look to video games for, like, the extreme narrative strength that they have accomplished within Baldur's Gate 3. It's a huge rarity, and I would be shocked if it was not another five years before we saw anything that comes close to the narrative scope that Baldur's Gate 3 does. Even five and strength years seems conservative. To, I feel like it, it's going to be Could a be lot ten years. longer. Than, yeah. Like, I, I, I honestly cannot think of a more... Look, I haven't beaten it. I've said that a number of times. But from a narrative, like, satisfaction and quality standpoint, nothing comes close to any other game I've ever, ever played. And that's not even, like, we haven't even talked about, like, the, like... Uh, immersive simmy ways you can like mm. mess with the gameplay the yes. combat I, th- that's the thing that we are uh, for me the only thing that could ever sort of sway my decision is the fact that I have wanted a Dungeons and Dragons video game that felt mm. like playing Dungeons and Dragons complete with all the dumb improvisation that you could ever want from that system uh, and, and, and this game does that so well. Um, playing uh, it multiplayer, I'm going to really mo- makes that shine, uh, especially. Yeah. I'll, I'll describe a moment. This was not in multiplayer, but there's a moment where you're basically trying to like save a bunch of people uh, from like an exploding building, let's say. And you have like a limited number of turns. And I kind of like sent all my party members to different like cells to save people. And it was down to the final turn. And every single person was back except for Gale and this essentially unnamed NPC that was like running but not going to make it. And in that final turn, using uh, there's a spell called Dimension Door that allows you and another person to teleport, use Dimension Door on Gale and the the NPC to teleport them close enough to the ladder such that they would be able to make it and climb up the ladder and escape. And that was all shit that I made happen because of my decisions. And the fact that this game is filled with those moments where you're doing crazy shit, where you're like throwing invisibility potions to people across the way so they can sneak past the guard to break into whatever. Like that is unreal. And it all kind of just works. Um, And you have the narrative thing that I already talked about. Uh, I think it's an astonishing game. uh, And I really I, I could talk about it for days and days. I, I, I still feel like Tears of the Cubes. But uh, the reason that I, I think to sort of summarize my feelings 
I, and I, I don't actually like being in this position because I love Baldur's Gate 3 a whole lot. But it is a it is a game of narrative achievements that is incredibly ambitious that I feel like dropped the ball in a pretty big way in the conclusion of those of 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 that ambition uh, of of the narrative sort of um, goalposts that the, that the game sets. I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is ambitious in a lot of different ways, and it doesn't miss. It 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 kind of sticks the landing on all of the all of the big wild sort of ideas that it that it has um i think if if i had not felt this way about the ending of Baldur's gate 3 i think i would agree that it is that it is the game of the year but i it is it it left such a heartbreakingly sort of sour taste in my mouth um that i just uh i i just don't think it clinches it i but i also know that i think I'm in the minority in this. I'm going to change my vote. I think I hear what you're saying, Griffin, and I and I and I get it. I don't know if I can hold the ending issues against Baldur's Gate 3 because like Fresh said, we don't expect narrative excellence from video games. And I think video games especially have this immense challenge that uh the novel or film or, or other traditional storytelling models they don't have to worry about, which is it does give you all this freedom, but at a certain point, they do need to funnel you from whatever the very beginning is to whatever the very end is. And unless we get into like a procedurally generated AI content, I I don't know what that looks like to give a truly one-to-one satisfying ending that follows through on the promise of everything in the middle. And I think that it gets the rest of that so right that when you're in the world the openness that it, I, I i don't know i have i have not seen the end of this game so i i'm i i'm maybe the worst person to say this but whatever i still have my vote um, i don't think any of you have seen the end of the game right you guys didn't spoil the right correct yeah, the thing that i will that. say about tears of the kingdom and i i agree i mostly agree with you of it it delivers on what it set out to do it is it still a little weird to me that we have a, a game that is Legos, that we you can use all these different tools, right? And that there's still no mode where you are free to be creative without having to worry about managing resources. And I remember that time, Justin, I think it was you and I were both like spamming to collect diamonds mm. using the, like, the jump yes. trick, right? And that was my favorite period. And, and I still have so much money now in the game. And having that and going back to it actually has been now a delight because the, the risk of gambling on, on all of those things, on spending resources just to be creative, is gone. And I think that is... Again, we're getting very nitpicky here, but... I I that is my kind of one disappointment with with Zelda is that it offered so much creativity um but always kept it at a certain arm's length um that I I I'm not as big of a fan of hey, but 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 these these are like these are I mean we're comparing like the paint job on on like two beautiful cars right like it, can, can I can I suggest something yeah Please. yeah I don't know how Griffin's going to feel about this, but I know in my heart that if I, which I will do over the next probably week, 
if I finish Baldur's Gate 3 and have the same reaction that Griffin did, where it kind of undercut the entire experience, I will gladly change my vote. After the episode is up? I, I just feel very you have weird. 24, you have 24 hours. <laughs> it's just very weird because... Everybody get on Steam right now and I'll watch the three of you finish this. Finish this. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it is, well, is wild. Now, I, I, after listen, 100 hours, tell me that wasn't dog shit. <laughs> I, I know I am not going to be able to convince you all to change your minds about the quality of a story based on an ending that you haven't that you have not seen yet. Uh, and it may be different. That's the thing that's fucked up, Russ, is that you may do it, and maybe it's good now. Like, maybe it's fucking great now. Uh, I, I think it would not take much to improve what was there when I when I finished it back in, you know, whatever, September, October. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I just can't kind of look past, like, a story-based game having an ending that I really didn't like and saying, like, and now let's, now that's my, that's my goatee for sure. But I also know that I don't. I don't think that uh, I, that's going to change either of y'all's any of y'all's minds. So let's fucking do it, baby! All right. Well, congratulations to Baldur's Gate Three, Larian. Your trophy is in the mail. How the fuck did I beat this game before we record? Like, what? I should have just the, stayed up. I should have just stayed up. It would have been so much trophy easier. The trophy is not in the mail. There's a very real chance that we come back in the new year and Frostjik in a fury is overturning so there, tables. There is a, this is a win with an asterisk? Is that yeah. what we're saying? Okay. No, I think it is. I will reaffirm. I will reaffirm or deny the win. How long in, is it until the next recording? It will be the next recording, which will be January, the first week of January, when we do our um, preview predictions on 2024, preview of 2024. Wow. Um, so we'll know for sure then. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, feeling, I love I'm feeling pretty confident that I will not change my feeling about the it. The Goaty elect is Baldur's Gate 3. Yes. The presumptive Goaty. Yeah, we will make the final announcement on January 6th, and it'll be great. Yeah, I guess there's not as much lag for our audience, right? Because when are they hearing this? They won't have to wait too long. Yeah, it's two weeks. You wait two weeks, and I'll have beaten Baldur's Gate, and I can tell you how fucking great it is or how it destroyed my soul. So be patient. It'll be fine. All right. Uh, any other any other uh, things you all been playing that you want to mention? I mean, we're going for 100 years now, so I hope the answer's no. Um, I mean, yeah. I've been playing that new, uh, that new Pokemon, Scarlet Pokemon Violet DLC. It's real good. Indigo, Indigo Disc. It's got a bunch of great stuff going on in there. Having a great time with it, playing with Henry. How was the ending of that game? Uh, better than fucking Baldur's Game 3. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, yeah, it's good. It's good. I've been playing a little Gator game, which is fantastic, and I don't want to talk any more about it because I think we're going to do an episode in January. And no joke, had I played it earlier... It probably would be in my top four, top four, like no wow. joke. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that discussion in coming in January, uh, and uh, so much more. I've been playing the North Apologue, and please. Oh, tell I me played that too. Play it was yeah, I played that too. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the North Apologue is a idle clicker game uh, with visuals that are like they look like the Mac Two visuals at my school's computer lab of just these little dudes who uh, collect 
I don't know, materials from a giant rock that they light on fire with rockets and arrows. It is a delight. I am so bummed it didn't come out during me being at an office because it feels like the perfect sort of game to have on in the background. Unlike um, some idle games that really ask a lot of you, this is it's almost like a screensaver more than it is a game at times. Um, yeah, it's it's a delight. Uh, Hoops, you, anything else you've been playing? Um, no, no, this brings to mind. Um, no, wow. Let's finish. Then. Let's finish. Let's yeah, do I'm, it. I'm. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, yeah. I mean, Avatar. But we're probably gonna do an episode on that. We are <laughs> also doing an episode on Avatar. Let's, Save it. Yeah, I'm saving it. Still can't uh, get the executable to uh, boot up on that one oh on my, my rig. So wow. I'll probably have to make a run to the old Babbage's and pick it up. Uh. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Make sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world... It's not be- next week. We're going to be off next okay, week. Okay, well, be, be sure to join us again next time. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I just want to say I love y'all. And it's love been y'all so too. fun recording with y'all this year. This is, I feel hey, like... Honey. It, it's always fun, but uh, I don't know. It's getting better with age, you know? This is I, one of I our really least want. nasty goaties, I think. I yeah, think it, it well, a... I think we were all a little bit torn this this year. I don't yeah. know how you all felt. Yeah, uh, sure. But uh, it was a thrilling year of gaming, you know? So congrats to Liza P. <laughs> in general. <laughs> Can't believe it did it. Uh, that's going to do it for us, folks. Uh, uh, be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.